0: If you're looking for character, space, and mood, the Juliana Deluxe Chorus Vibrato and the Mako D1 Series High Fidelity Echo Machine from Walrus Audio are for you. This is Dweezil Zappa, and today we're going to be talking about Van Halen's fifth album, Diver Down, with my special guest, Mark Tremonti. Welcome, Mark. Thank you for having me. And as far as I see it, the first five albums all had unaccompanied solos that broke new ground, both technically and musically. Eruption was the first one, then Spanish Fly, then the intro to Fools on Women and Children First then Mean Street on Fair Warning, and then finally, Cathedral on Diver Down. I've heard that Ed played cello. I've never heard him play cello, but this song always seemed like it was his version of playing cello on a guitar. What do you think of Cathedral?
1: I didn't know what the hell was going on. It was, uh, like you said, is is he using an effect pedal? Is it some kind of envelope filter? What, what the hell's going on? And then you realize their volume swells with a delay pedal, but it's, uh, I remember I was in a band earlier in my life where the other guitar player would play that every single day, you know, he'd play Cathedral at every one of our practices and he, he had it down. So I learned it from him way back in those days. Yeah, it's, he's just a very, um, Eddie was trying to always Keep you on your toes as a fan, I think, and do stuff that you hadn't heard before, and you know. And then again, you have another, you know, you have little guitars intro, which is to me just as much of a one of those moments for their records. That little guitar piece that they have to have on one of their records. I think little guitars is just just as impressive to me as, as Cathedral to do all that with just a pick. You know, I don't think he's using any fingers in that little guitar intro. I think that's all pick, and it sounds like he's got a tremolo part going on on one string and a bass line going on another string.
0: Yeah, he's hammering on from nowhere for the bass line while he tremolo picks the high strings. It always looked to me like he was waving a fan really fast when he picked that way, so I referred to it as fan picking because of that. And he had superhuman accuracy to go from string to string while keeping his wrist in motion like that. Yeah. I've never seen anybody else do it like him. Going back to Cathedral, though, compositionally, that song feels more classically inspired and... If you watch him play it, it covers the entire range of the guitar. The volume swells mimic the cello bowing sound. Yeah. And Ed was playing variations of this idea live on stage since 1980. What we hear on Diver Down is the reduction of all of the previous iterations. It's by far his cleanest execution of the solo.
1: I'm sure it sounded amazing in an arena when they played live. I'm sure that was a great sounding part of their set. You know, with all that delay and those the slows, probably sounded incredible in a big reverb.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a powerful piece of music. I think even if Edward never created Eruption or Mean Street, Cathedral is equally innovative in its own way, and it would qualify as a crowning achievement for any guitarist. I know that when I heard it, I felt like he transformed the guitar once again, And you know he inspired millions of players with that sound. I mean, it was this beautifully chorus, clean sound, and he made it sound like a cello. When I was 15, I wrote a piece of music called Electric Hoedown, which required the same technique of turning the volume knob on and off to play the melody against the delay. It was totally inspired by a cathedral, but I tried to take it in my own direction because I had bass and drums playing with me while I did the volume swells. And it had kind of a country classical combination, but I wouldn't have come up with it unless I heard Cathedral. And the crazy thing is it had to be recorded live in one complete take because there was no way to punch in because of the delay. I remember being in the studio and the volume pot froze after doing 15 or 20 takes. It just stopped working. It's pretty crazy that Ed was just minding his own business, playing guitar, doing things he liked, but He was constantly coming up with new things, and when he introduced them on his albums, all of us were just waiting to have our minds blown by what was going on. And Diver Down seems like he's highlighting at least five new techniques. There's a lot of pinch harmonics. He does the tremolo picking part you mentioned in Little Guitars. The chordal arpeggio string plucking technique, which happens in the electric part of Little Guitars. And then, of course, the volume swell delay technique on Cathedral.
1: Oh, yeah. And I don't know if there is a pre-existing volume swell kind of part in in popular music before that. Nothing comes to mind. So, yeah, it could be just like his tapping, a new thing that kind of came out of of his imagination that became part of popular music because he was one of the inventors of it.
0: Yeah, we all waited with anticipation to hear what he would do next. Yeah. But I doubt that he put pressure on himself or sat down and said, I must create a new guitar piece for every album and multiple new techniques and sounds for every album. I just think that he followed what sounded good to him and he made music that he liked Mm -hmm. and we're just lucky that he shared it with all of us.
1: I heard the rumor that uh, David Lee Roth wanted Eddie to turn around and not Show people what, what he was doing, keep it a secret. I don't know if because of his tapping or whatnot.
0: Back in the early you know, days he, with Eruption and stuff?
1: Maybe, yeah. I heard that rumor back in the day.
0: It's possible that Ed tried to keep some of his playing a secret before they were signed to Warner Brothers, but generally, he played facing forward and put everything on display.
1: I think after this record is when Eddie set up 5150 Studios at his, at his place. And I got I got lucky enough one day to be able to go to that studio and watch him play uh, a different kind of truth. The whole album. That whole album. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, Wolfgang called me when I was in Los Angeles. He's like, "Hey, you want to you want to go to Van Halen practice tomorrow?" Like, Are you kidding me? Of course. So he picked me up. And we went to his dad's place, and uh, they played through the whole the whole album. You know, Roth wasn't there, but they played through the music. And one of the, four, the funniest stories I have is um, I'm sitting in there in between Eddie and Wolfie, and and kind of leaning on the mixing board and after the song was over i i said you know wolf that uh, chordal thing you were doing on the bass was really cool that was that was great and uh eddie goes well how, how are my parts <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like eddie, your parts were amazing as always you know it's just it's just funny a guy that's such a legend and so accomplished still has that wanting to be the best and and still he's already the best, but he's still, you know, how's my part kind of guy, you know, I thought that was awesome. That's pretty funny. Absolutely. It was a, it was a massive hit for him. You know um, I think they recorded that song in one day, I guess the story is they uh, they were on this huge tour for fair warning and they were all get kind of getting burnt out and they wanted to take a break. So David Lee Roth, Told Eddie and the guys, let's get in the studio and put out something so we can stay relevant while we take a little break. And that song comes out, and the record label tells them, "Guys, we've got a huge hit on our hands. Go record a record." So they got no break, and that's why I think they recorded the record so quickly in 12 days because they needed this break, and uh, it was a huge hit for them. I think it made it their their fastest selling record of all time. You know, I think it sold three times as many records as Fair Warning. So the record label loved it, regardless. You know, but yeah, I think I think Fair Warning was was a record that eddie had a ton of control over and this record i think roth kind of pushed a lot of his influence on this record you know which which i like about this record is so different you know the uh, there's songs on this record that sound nothing like the next you know a lot of these songs don't sound like one another i think only the full bug and hang him high sound like they're from the same record um all the rest seem like they're from scattered albums
0: but to me i never thought of that as a negative I love the variety and hearing the band try all these new things sometimes when there's variety on an album people or critics start saying things are unfocused and I hate that oh no yeah even though Diver down has a lot of variation I feel like it flows really well and it's musically connected to the personality of the band yeah the record gave a lot of insight into new directions for the band
1: and that's why I like it because it's so randomized so random I, that's just keeps guessing. Well,
0: we have reached the game-changer tune on Diver Down. If you didn't think you were going to rock hard enough, the full bug comes in to vibrate your core and rave you up with the Van Halen swing.
1: Yeah, it's just got a ton of energy to it. I think he's, if I'm not mistaken, he's doing a bunch of pinch harmonics in that beginning riff. You know, I've seen him, you know, do that a ton of times live on videos, and it's always, it seems like the crowd really eats that song up, and it seems like they enjoy that. I think that's one of the songs that, they, they enjoy playing live a lot, and you can see why, because it's got so much energy. When you record a record, even nowadays, when we record records, you never know which ones are going to go over well live, and I think that one was definitely one of the records. songs from this record that probably was one of their best live tunes. The full bug was killer
0: live. Let's talk about the studio version for a minute. It's Dave in the intro who sets up the badass feel, and then Ed slides into the song Jimmy Page style before ripping us apart with pinch harmonics. When the band kicks in, it's another fuck yeah moment for me. I can't think of any other band that has given me that fuck, fuck yeah feeling. The song also brings back that Van Halen swing feel, and I wonder if they thought while well, we've got Jan Van Halen swinging on the clarinet, we need to bookend that track with the Van Halen brothers with their modern swing feel. Did you ever try to cop that Van Halen swing feel for any of your songs?
1: Yeah, I mean, I um, my producer that we've done the last, I don't know how many records with, he's really big on a swing feel. He's every record we do he's like we need that song we need that song we need that song with that 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 swing and we did a song called further than the sun that had kind of a it's a song that had a big heavy riff down and drop eddie had a swagger to him you know he had this great swagger that i i don't think i could replicate um that's what i loved about his playing he had this confidence and the swagger and that's kind of that swing and the full bug kind of epitomizes that um so i've chased it down for sure you know that that song for the from the sun is more of a heavy metal version of it but it's got that swing to it
0: that's cool for the full bug solo ed definitely sounds like he was inspired by alan holdsworth In case you missed it michael anthony nails that unison line at the end of the solo both on the record and live wow. okay. those holdsworth style wide stretched three note per string patterns were creeping into ed's playing at that time and we heard them take flight even more on the 1984 album when you listen to Diver Down now, does it hit you the same as when you heard it for the first time?
1: Yeah, you know, I've I, you know, leading up to this, I've I've listened to the record a bunch of times just to re-familiarize myself with it and I love it. I mean, it's uh I, I mean, I I've, you know, listened to all the Van Halen records leading up to this because I think they're all they're all amazing and I think they all have their own personality and uh, I think they're probably they could be the best American rock band that's that's you know, you have one of the biggest i think aerosmith and van halen are probably the two biggest american rock bands and van halen's just such a unique band i don't think they'll ever be replaced or imitated i think they're so unique that we'll never see another van halen
0: the van halen brothers are the driving force behind all of the music but dave brought a lot of unexpected influence into the music too yes michael held down the foundation and helped glue everything together it's his voice and harmonies that kicked everything into party mode. So he can't ever be discounted for what he added to the music.
1: It's so unique. It's that's, that's what makes it so special. Yeah. It's just a perfect, perfect, uh, perfect stew of talent put together, you know, cause it's, you talk about Eddie and Ross so much, but you know, like you said, Alex he doesn't sound like anybody else. And Michael Anthony's, both his playing and his, har- his harmonies are such a huge part of Van Halen. Anytime he starts singing, you know that's that's Van Halen. It's just such a unique part of the, their potion. And, and uh, I think they're a brilliant band. I think they're geniuses and once-in-a-lifetime kind of kind of band.
0: That's good. I like the way you described it as a potion. They've got the dragon lotion. They got the potion. Uh-huh. Running with the Dweezil is found exclusively at DweezelZappa.com, a reward music-powered artist site.